Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart. Matty D is back this week and we cover this past week in the Major League Baseball season. We also talk about some stadium snacks. Matty D's Beer Corner is back. We also talk about some bleacher creatures. Wrap up the Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Finals, which are uh, pretty much done. Game 5 is being played as we speak, so it may or may not be over by the time you listen to this. But, as always, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Go subscribe to us on iTunes, like us on Facebook and Instagram, follow us on Twitter, and please send us any ideas that you have for snacks, beers, and creatures, but now enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and with me once again, the man, the myth, the legend. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Matty D is here. Matt, what's going on, my friend? Oh, I just had a great weekend. Summer's in full swing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's too hot out there for me, but uh, I can be out in the sun for a little bit without dying, so I'll take it. A little sunburn. A little sunburn on a Monday morning. You know, never hurt, though. No, that's, uh, it's the June base. That's your, you're setting up for yourself for the 4th of July. That's what you're doing right now. Absolutely. Every time you apply the aloe, just remember, you're going to look nice 4th of July weekend. That's a lesson from all of us. I have a nice farmer tan from playing a lot of golf this past weekend. And uh, when I take my shirt off, my arms are going to look especially dark. <laughs> I did. I have been trying to get rid of my farmer's tan. I've been having some success, so it's been uh, it's been nice for me, you know? Yeah, you've had more action at the beach. I've mainly my only sunlight is on the golf course, so I have been having some solid, solid beach action. I cannot lie to you there. Yeah, advantage, Matt, if you will, uh, to uh, quickly acknowledge that the tennis and Rafael Nadal. <laughs> for now, though, just for now. For now, for now, maybe we'll uh, we'll get into a special episode. Might be in order. Ooh. Absolutely. But anyway, so this past week in baseball it was pretty solid. We um. Had a lot of different different things going on. I mean, but Matt, what's what's going on with you? How have you thought of the baseball season since the last time we spoke? Well, I mean, how about how about the stinking um, Houston Astros? Yeah, I mean they're playing out of their minds. We all expected them to be good, but I mean they're they're all, they're literally running away with the division. The Mariners and the Rangers both fallen way back for a plethora of reasons, but. Um, Beyond beyond the, the obvious of the of the um, of the Astros, I've been really impressed with some of these other clubs to hang around, like the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, and the Brewers are still both leading their divisions. I know they've got big name teams now nipping at their heels, but it's always really impressive to see. And obviously, I mean, it's kind of a surprise that the Yankees are, are four games up right now. They have the best run differential in baseball. I know we'll probably get into them a little later, but and the Twins, I'm sorry, and the Twins being high up too. Yeah, I think more so than that, you've seen teams that we thought were going to be good, like the Mariners and the Rangers and the San Francisco Giants, really struggle a lot this season so far. I mean, it's a long baseball season, but there are teams that are already playing their way out of out of a shot at a playoff berth. Yeah, for sure. You can't really win a division now, but you can certainly lose it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you hit a nail on a lot of different heads, right? Or hit, yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's how you say the phrase. But um, but we'll, yeah, we'll get into a lot of those teams. Let's jump right into it. The hot and cold teams. You want to start? Yeah, sure. My hot team is a team that's nipping at uh, uh, a surprise first place team's heels. That's the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've won four in a row. The lads. Only game in, say again. I said the lads. They're uh, initials yeah. are LAD. They're only a game and a half back from the Rockies. Um, they're like plus ninety in run differential, so their record is even is actually worse than it should be. And they're, they've got a pretty darn good record so far this year. Um, obviously, Clayton Kershaw's out here doing his thing as we expected. The rest of the pitching staff is kind of catching up. I would say. I wouldn't say they're like having a spectacular year by any means, but like Brandon McCarthy. Got a low three ERA. He's kind of bouncing back from some injuries. We haven't seen Rich Hill kind of 
hit his stride, although we are kind of hoping he will. Alex Wood, you know, he's got a low ERA, and they've got guys such as like Julio Urias who just haven't even figured it out yet. Um, so I think they're a team that's really dangerous, and we talked about them a lot and how good they, but their potential is, and yet they're winning games. They've got a great run differential, and yet they don't have great statistics necessarily. Um, I, I've been impressed with their abilities so far this season. Yeah, they're certainly coming along. Uh, the the unfortunate thing for part of that pitching staff, Kenta Maeda had a lot of high hopes coming into this year, and he's been devoted to the bullpen. So I think you're starting to see some of the pieces come together for them. And I think those bigger names that you're talking about, they'll, they'll probably come together. What concerns me a little bit is the bigger names in their offense not necessarily shooting up into the, the stratosphere. Some certainly are. Um, and you love the fact that we've talked about their rookies so much. Um, the fact that the rookies are, are playing fantastically. But that's a, that's a great pick for it. The Rockies are also a good one. Mine, though, is uh, over in the AL. It's the aforementioned New York Yankees. Oh, so good right now. Had quite the week. They uh, played their arch rivals, the Boston Red Sox, which I don't know if you can say it enough, but Baseball is just more fun when the Yankees and the Red Sox are both good. But the Yankees took this next cha- or this most recent chapter of the, the rivalry and have uh, won themselves five straight, in, which included sweeping the Orioles, who were quickly, quickly falling back, which we kind of thought might happen. Their pitching was never really enough to sustain it. But, I mean, Aaron Judge, we'll, we'll get to, their pitching has consistently stayed up there. Uh, which was something I really doubted. Greg really thought that they, they could stay up there, and I don't even think he had them this high. Uh, he was very bullish on them, which was surprising, as the, uh, the diehard Boston guy that he is. But the, the Yankees are, are looking great. They have a lot of talent there, and, uh, I mean, they're, they're a team to certainly watch out for. Oh, I could not agree more. I, it's definitely a surprise. I think kind of their plan was to uh... – be ready for these big free agents to come up and have like an up and coming team. And all of a sudden they're playing great baseball, which could really actually throw a wrench in their, uh, kind of in their plans. So it's, uh, it's really nice. Well, you know, I can't say it's really nice to see them be good because I can't, I can't stand them, but I give them credit. They're built, they're building their team the right way. Something we haven't seen uh, in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And you're certainly, you're seeing the young guys come up. I mean, it's very similar to the start of the Derek Jeter era. And somebody, I think it was Bill Burr on um, some podcast I was listening to, he uh, made the point that the Yankees have always had some guy that they're always going to be watching. And it's it's kind of like the joke that everybody was saying about the Colts where people our age were in our mid-20s. have never really seen the Colts be bad. They had Peyton Manning and they had one shitty year and they got Andrew Luck. The Yankees yeah. have been very similar. It stands really the 1980s, where even then they had Don Mattingly, and you know the team might not have necessarily been great, but they had a guy, and then they had Jeter, and, and now they have Judge, and they also have Gary Sanchez, Didi Gregorius, Sterling Castro has been great for them, even though he's not necessarily young. Brett Gardner's still pretty good, and he's getting up there. It's uh, it's just something where I it's kind of like the Lakers in basketball. They'll they're never down and out for too long. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, that's the hard part. Um, that's why the organization is so strong. They just find ways to uh, to be in, to, to somehow get players that are good. I mean, and it, like I said, this is this is just weird because in our lifetime, we've only really seen them purchase uh, purchase purchase players. We've never really seen them build. I mean, I guess when we were young, you know, obviously they they brought some guys up like Jeter, but yeah, they used to trade everybody away. Right, right. And they air Alex, you know, they had Alex Rodriguez and, and other guys such as that. So that's been uh, that's been pretty funny. Funny to see them do it the right way. Yeah. You know? So absolutely. But so there, there are some hot teams. How about a cold team that you're sitting there going, "What the heck is he doing?" <laughs> yeah, there are uh, there are a lot of good picks out there. Um, I usually, as you know, I like to pick from the top end of it, and I, my team is going to be. In the NL Central, it's going to be the St. Louis Cardinals, who, despite having just swept the Phillies, are were coming off a seven-game losing streak. 
They're three and seven in the last ten games, as we just mentioned, swept the Phillies over the weekend. But they're still they're only two and a half back behind the Brewers, but they're posting up in a negative fourteen run differential. Their pitching hasn't really been there, and their their bats really haven't been there. And this has never been a team that's been known to slug, but they're certainly a runs factory, and they're they've always been that that prototype for it, and it doesn't really seem to be there this year. Yeah, I. It's kind of shocking to see when they struggle. Yeah. Um, because we know that they're very similar. They're one of the best organizations in all sports, let alone baseball. And um, I mean, yeah, like they're still kind of in the hunt, which is good. But um, they really had a chance to kind of go ahead and take this division and kind of get on top of the Cubs and then, you know, dispatch of the upstart Brewers, and they just haven't done it. And I mean, their run differentials in the toilet negative fourteen. Um, they're just they're just struggling a lot um, right now. I mean, I, I think they're going to get it together. Don't get me wrong. I, I've always liked that team. I thought they were pretty strong. Yeah. But um, they yeah they really had a good shot at something even even after they even before they I mean, even after they swept us. That's that's the negative. But Carlos Martinez blanked the blanked the fills on Saturday. He he's a he's a really good pitcher. Um, yeah, it, so, he is well, pretty I, good. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, they, they found another. Somehow they find another. Although, like Mike Leak, I think is leading that team in ERA. I think like two point seven. But forgetting that for a second, you're right. Their bats need to wake up for sure. Yeah, uh, a- absolutely. I mean, Matt Carpenter went to the Yankees, and he was always that kind of stalwart there. They trade uh, Matt Adams to the Bur- not the Brewers, the Braves. I mean, they had a lot of weird. Movements. I mean, Jason Hayward never really worked out for him, so you can't really say that. He's been gone for a couple of years, but it's very—it's just interesting how they've been—they've been going. Right. I mean, Jed Gorko—sorry, Jed Gorko is. Yeah, I'm right. Gorko. Yeah. Batting average, regular starting batting average with just just over 300. That's going to be a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, but so, yeah, I think you meant. I think when did you mean Matt um, Holiday went to the Yankees? Yeah, Matt. Holl- who did I say? Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter. He's still on the team. He's there. Yeah, Matt Carpenter's guy. still there. My bad. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt, Matt Holiday. I mean, he's their power guy with eleven home runs, but he's batting two twenty three. That's a Ryan Howard line. That's yeah, be a Ryan Howard line right there. That's that's not going to do it. Yeah, but yeah, who do you got for cool teams? I'm going to go with an, an AL, another AL East team, the uh, the fading. Fading Baltimore Orioles. They yeah. uh, had a poor week last week. Week four, four and six, lost four in a row. They're now six point six and a half games out of first, and definitely looking uphill in my mind. And they have the worst run differential in the division at forty. Yeah. So they've got some serious. Now Machado's coming back from his injuries, so hopefully he can kind of give them a little bump. But um, they've got some. Real, real issues that they need to work out just across the board. I mean, they're pitching their their best. You know, their best pitcher is Dylan Bundy, a, guy, a young guy that I really like. But they just they've got issues. They've got injuries, and it's looking kind of like a lost season early for them. So maybe a little turn it around, but they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a little more bearish on them than you are. They uh, I was never really buying into their pitching aside from maybe even Bundy. Um, they're currently down nine to two to the White Sox, who had the potential to be explosive, but they can really, really take a hold of one against a Baltimore Orioles team like that. We saw a, a certain uh, judicial figure in the Yankees system who uh, went, uh, I believe, it was six for twelve on the weekend with three home runs. Yeah, I mean, sounds about right. Yeah, he. Uh, but I mean, they're just a team that. They can't really get a lot of ground ball outs. They get a lot of fly ball outs, and that usually equates out to more long balls. As you see a power-hitting team like the Yankees take advantage, and, I mean, that's something where you're going to find the struggles in a team that relies heavily on the long ball. Chris Davis, Mark Trumbo, Manny Machado isn't necessarily a home run hitter, but he has power. And without him, and you have these, these power guys who – have that similar Ryan Howard slash line where you're batting in your low 200s. Yeah, you don't really want to sit them if you're a fantasy owner or manager for that matter because they can always hit a home run whatever. But 
don't rely on him to get on base every single time. No, right, right, right. You know, I'll tell you this too. Um, they just they just um, optioned Edwin Jackson, the Ooh. guy who always seems to be around back down to the minors. That just kind of tells you their pitching staff is just it's not where it needs to be. And I think yeah, I think their offense is kind of inflated by the names. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got you got. We talked about Machado and Davis. JJ Hardy is there, and he's struggling. Adam Jones is everyone kind of knows who he is after the World Baseball Classic, but a lot of these guys just aren't as good as um, you know we're making them out to be. That's yeah, that's absolutely for certain. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting week, and yeah, the Orioles certainly didn't benefit from it. We uh, we referenced you know one guy there. There's there's a number of different storylines that came through. A lot of some career milestones, some big weeks, some historical stuff. Well, um, let's uh, jump into the individual awards because I feel like they might uh, capture some of these awards. But Matt, let's start with the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. Who do you got for that? I'm gonna go with a little little different one here. Okay. Uh, a guy that I really like. He's a 31 year old breakout shortstop, Zach Kozar of Ooh. the. Uh, now the red. Now he didn't actually have yeah. the best week, but the reason I chose him as MVP is he he passed Corey Seager for the NL shortstop All Star voting, and quite frankly, he deserves it. He um he's batting three twenty nine in the season. Uh, he's got like thirty three ribbies, I think like nine home runs, and he's got a, a very impressive three point one uh, wins uh, above replacement. I'm still thinking he's probably a trade a big time now. He's a big time trade trade piece for the Reds. I mean, they should look into getting getting pieces back for him and just really playing playing up to snuff, which has been cool to see. Um, so he's definitely my free agent. I mean, my uh, sorry, my my Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. Big fan of his, and I hope to see him get into a, a contending uniform around the trade deadline. Yeah, I think that can certainly happen. A lot of that Reds team probably could get uh, shipped off. The big name, of course, uh, being the Votto and where he's going to go. Um, but, you know, we, uh, we'll we see how the Reds do. I mean, they're, they're still, they're, they're kind of fading off, but they, you know, they're, they're not terribly out of it. That NL Central is so weird. But that's, I mean, they have a lot of different pe- pieces. They have Billy Hamilton, Votto. A lot of guys, and uh, I mean, who knows if the Cubs don't get it going, the Cardinals don't turn it around. Could be something where uh, the Reds are floating there, but I, I think you're right that they might decide to go full tank mode. That's a that's a good pick. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. How about you? Who do you got? Who's your big big dog of the week? So my the yeah, big dog, I like that. Uh, <laughs> my guy, uh, and I'm debating because you know I could go with the Rook. I could go uh, hometown player, but I'm going to go with Eduardo Nunez out of San Francisco, who batted 387 on the week, had a home run, a few RBIs, four stolen bases. You know, he, he was a big factor in a couple of those World Series runs, uh, and it, it's nice to see him come on there. We've had a lot of discussions about San Francisco, whether or not the uh, hot take of should, it, should they blow it up? It's nice to see you know some familiar faces sort of peering their heads out on the uh, in the in the San Francisco organization. Absolutely, I mean, look, they need all the help they can get early this year. So, uh, and it's a good pick. And um, that team, we thought they were going to be competing, and yet they're just struggling big time. Yeah, I mean, injuries galore. I think is the best way to put it. Um, they're still pretty far out. Uh, and I mean, I think you saw this maybe that year they, they, uh, beat the Royals where they were still significantly out. The Dodgers of course did it the year before in 2013. Um, I mean, not, you can't say they're totally out of it, but missing Madison Bumgarner certainly doesn't help. I'll put it that way. Right. No, I agree. I mean, that injury, that injury sucks, but I guess that roster wasn't as, other than Buster Posey, I mean, they're just not as strong as we thought they were. Um, and their pitching really hasn't come through either. I mean, just it's an overall, it's not a great season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for certain. But uh, who, uh, but uh, let's move on to the pitching. We, uh, we've we seen some comments on some from the, uh, the, the 
interim co-host in Greg and some from the comment section, which, by the way, if you do have any comments or anything that you think we missed, please leave a comment. Please leave a like. Subscribe on iTunes. But that this podcast is called The Bullpen Card, and you and I particularly look at starting pitchers. So, Matt, this is for all those uh, people who are wondering, what about those bullpen pitchers? My Billy Chapel pitcher of the week is going to be Addison Reed of the New York Mets. I almost went to the Alex Colon, who pitched uh, another almost another full inning out of Tampa Bay in one extra game. Both have three saves. Reed did it in 3.2 innings and uh, five strikeouts. The reason why I went with him over Colon, Reed let up zero runs. Colon did let up one and blew a save. Reed zero runs, so zero ERA, only one hit in 3.2 innings. It's a whip of .27, no walks either. Wow. Yeah, right? You know, it's kind of tough early in the season to figure out bullpen guys now, but that's... Those are some impressive numbers. <laughs> Could we get him? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't necessarily if if two bottom dwelling teams are going to be making some uh some big name uh, big name trades at the trade deadline, but maybe in uh MLB the show we can make that happen. Uh, that would be nice. Bring some guys in that we really need here, you know. Yeah, online uh, dynasty. Let's uh let's do it. All right. I know we'll get to the Phillips eventually, so I don't want to take too much of the thunder of how poor and on stupid our uh, what's it called is our bullpen. Our bullpen. <laughs> Sorry, I realized I didn't say I realized I didn't say full words there. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, we all have our uh, Eli Manning dirt moments. We do. I have more than most, but yes, that's true. Uh, I had to I had to give a dig right back at the New York guys after praising a Matt. <laughs> no, you, we cannot praise. Only so many Mets we can play. It's been a tough enough week for Philly sports fans with the stinking Penguins, but... Yeah, we'll get there. Who do you have for Pitcher of the Week? I'm going to go with a throwback guy, a former Philly himself. How about a little J.A. Happ? Ooh! Yeah, his last two starts with a 1.24 ERA and 12 strikeouts. There's a guy... I, I mean, man, when he was here, he had that one really great season, and it was probably a good thing to trade him because he struggled after that, but... Boy, I'll tell you something. It's nice to see a former Philly do, do good. I don't love him as much as I love uh, Vance Worley, the Vanimal, but I was a half guy. How about just quickly on the Vanimal, that trade that seemed like it was terrible with Minnesota, because uh, Ben Revere was he was decent with the Phillies. I forget who else they got with him. It turned out to be pretty well. Vance Worley, not, not the same, if you will. Right, right, yeah. I mean, it's it's just weird. Like, you've had a couple pitchers that we cut loose like that, and just who is the guy been, that we traded Drayback for uh, Ray Halliday? That ended up being <laughs> awesome trade. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we basically see everyone gives the Phillies a hard time for trading away all these guys, but none of these guys have made it anywhere. Yeah. There's a couple. Almost, I think wasn't almost, Josh Reddick one? Did we have Josh Reddick? No, we did not. No way. I think so. All right, let me find out. Um, but why do you do that? Of, I know we had Carlos Carrasco a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, we'll circle, we traded him. We'll circle yeah. back to this once we uh, come to the Phillies talk. But let's move into rookies. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, your your call. I mean, yeah, why don't you go first? All right, Matt. It's pretty obvious who I'm going to pick. We picked it like five times at this point. But all rise, because Aaron Judge is back. Oh, he's so good. He had been a little, a little quote-unquote cold. But uh, Aaron Judge, 12 hits in 24 at-bats this past week. He walked six times. That, Matt, equates out to a batting average of 500, on-base percentage of 600. And if you add his three home runs, all three were this weekend against the Baltimore Orioles, and his three doubles, that equates out to a 1,000 batting average. Aaron Judge, for those of you that didn't see, hit a 496-foot bomb yesterday. The longest since Major League Baseball started tracking how far home runs were hit in mid-game, um, or at least accurately tracking. Um I think the Phillies used to try to do it when we were kids, but it was weird. 
Uh, but, I mean, the guy is just a, a maniac almost. Kills the ball. He's, like, 11 feet tall. Bigger than everyone else. I mean, it looks like you could legitimately put him next to Odell Beckham Jr. And they're the scariest tandem this side of anywhere. I mean, put him on the Patriots and he's probably... He probably breaks Randy Moss's record. I mean, uh, that's a lot to say, and Greg's going to get really upset at this. But, I mean, I, I believe in him that much. I'm all in on him. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think he's a heck of a player. We'll see if the batting average stays up. He's leading the league in batting average at, like, 344. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's the crazy part. He's leading right. the league. He has, like, 23 home runs and is leading the American League in batting average. <laughs> It's yeah, nuts. That, that's that's that is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, to have the longest home run on record is is you know he wants to go for five hundred. I did like his reaction. He goes, "Oh, I hit the ball and I just started running. I didn't realize how far it went." Yeah. How how pissed do you think home. Stanton is? <laughs> oh yeah, you don't worry. I hope, I hope, see now, there's a great thing for baseball. You got to get Judge and Stanton trying to hit bombs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they've got a little bit of a race, you know, and then you've got a little people watching. You get the Get the game back uh, in, in in the mainstream a little bit. A little Illuminati, maybe. Uh, yeah, right. Getting uh, Aaron Judge set up to challenge Stanton because the All Star Game is in Miami. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be awesome. More you know. Get you thinking. <laughs> Get you thinking. But uh, by the way, I want to touch back on something. Josh Reddick was not ever a Philly. He started with the Red Sox, went to the Athletics, then to the Dodgers, and now he's with Houston. Ah, there was somebody yeah, that I'm came sure, up. I'm sure you're thinking of somebody that's similar. Yeah, similar name, I think. Um, yeah. I knew he was a Red Sox. What am I doing? Stupid. Anyway, who do you got for rookies? How about a little Houston Astros? Yuli Gurrell? Gurrell? Yeah, I think I'm saying that right. Gurrell? Okay. Third baseman, batting last seven days, batting 348. I'm sorry, not last seven days. No, my last seven days, 348, two home runs, seven RBIs. Just another weapon in the uh, in the arsenal, if, per se, if you will, for this great Houston team. Um, I'm sorry, he's a first baseman. Excuse me, I misspoke there. But um, he's uh, he's been playing really great for them um, of late. I mean, they don't really need him, don't get me wrong. They're, they're so stinking good. Um, batting 276 on the year with seven home runs, but had a great week last week. As this team just continues to uh, to thrive, and just another guy who just looks strong as a rook out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're starting to see a lot of these rookies take off. Um, you saw, you're seeing Mitch Hanniger come back, who's had a great season so far out in Seattle. You um, have. For the uh, for the Brewers, you have uh, I think Brinson's his last name coming up. Who I think he, oh, he yeah, yeah, went yeah, over yeah. three in his opening in his debut, but he stole base, so he got he got belief through a walk. But still, I mean, he's a guy highly touted, number one prospect in their organization. You're starting to see some of this come up, and, and we can maybe theorize when we get to the Phillies on, on what they might need to do, especially because they're moving some players, but. It's nice to see rookies get there do it and get some action in in the uh, the game as well. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. But before we get to the Phillies, we alluded to some stories and we wanted to see who each other's you know X of the week was. Uh, you know whether it was pitcher, player, rookie. Before we talk about this, there was a couple stories that we'd be you know we. We need to mention one is the Scooter Jeanette four home runs, the other is Scherzer becoming the second fastest 2000 strikeouts. Clayton Kershaw was the fastest, which uh, Greg and I talked about a few weeks ago. Which, on that same note, we Greg makes the point that it's unfortunate that the finals were going on for both hockey and basketball, and in the one day that neither is on, Scooter Jeanette hits four home runs. <laughs> right. That's nice. It's good that way. But, I mean, yeah, what, you know, what do you think has been more impressive, the, the career milestone or the nearly impossible four homers? I mean, normally I would say the career milestone, but then you realize that Scooter is 5'10 and 185. Yeah. I mean, the guy's literally not big at all. He's 185 soaking wet. So that 
that is really, really, really impressive. I mean, I don't want to take anything away. Scherzer, what Scherzer did is incredible. Um, you know, to be that consistent for that long and and really be a great trade piece. I mean, a great, I'm sorry, free agent signing for the Nats. Yeah. A lot of times teams make those uh, make those trades and it doesn't go, uh, you know, as well as you think it would. Yeah, uh, for sure. I'm still going with Scooter. I think it's such a cool story. It's so hard to do. Have 10 RBIs in a game as well. It's just, uh, it's just neat. It's just neat. It's, uh, it was fun. I, I, unfortunately, obviously, I didn't see it live because I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't able to get the game, but uh, it's really cool to see. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, and I, I agree. I think, I mean, it's probably pretty obvious that, that four home runs edges, uh, you know, career milestone like that. Uh, it'd be cool to see the the race in terms of strikes. The strikeouts for uh, Kershaw versus Scherzer going forward, but, but a couple other things that are a little uh, one's unfortunate, one's a little weird. Uh, the unfortunate one, and and you don't really know what's what the deal is. Is Addison Russell, Matt? Have you kept up with this story? Are you familiar with it? We're returning to the domestic um, abuse uh, accusations currently against him. Yeah. So basically, the story for those unaware is his. Uh, I don't know if they're even divorced, but his wife puts up this Instagram post of her at the beach, basically saying, like, good riddance. Everybody, like, openly blasts Addison Russell for cheating on her. And then as it all comes out, like, a friend of hers basically said that, that Addison Russell was abusive and all this stuff, and, and I don't want to try to play anything on that. That's not really cool at all. It's a, it's a weird, not weird story, it's a sad and unfortunate story that all is just kind of it's, it's unfortunate that the dirty laundry is being aired out as it is. And Major League Baseball is obviously investigating into it as they should. None of that is okay in any means, but very, very weird story. That's for certain. Oh, it is. You know, I don't want to, you know, it's not even right to say this, but, um, you know, I think um, you know, it hurts the team, obviously, but it's, and it's, and it's just another distraction for them that they don't need. You know, and they're trying to get back together here. So yeah, definitely a bummer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to quickly turn because we don't want to put it to put this on a somber note. The uh, the interesting story in the in the cool more of it's just a play was Andrew McCutcheon's jump. Did you see this yesterday? I didn't see it. No, what happened? So Andrew McCutcheon yesterday comes flying home and literally takes off. And jumps six feet over the catcher. Now, of course, the catcher catches the ball and just turns up and tags McCutcheon on the butt. Right. But Andrew McCutcheon jumped six feet in the air. Do you know how tall he is? Uh, under six feet. Is he like 5'9 or 5'10? Yeah, he's 5'10. He jumped higher than his height. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> right? It's pretty nuts. Uh, and, I mean, good for him. I mean, obviously he got out, so it's not a... Uh, the, the it's not going to be a top 10 play of the year. It's more of just the image itself of seeing that. But it's kind of like that scene in Major League where Wesley Snipes jumps over the uh, the catcher at the end of the movie. Or Major League 2, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that was a good uh, a good way to, to end the, the crazy storyline, the crazy plays of the week. Yeah, a couple good web gems. Uh, go check those out. YouTube, we'll try to, uh, on YouTube, we'll try to tweet some of them out as well. Well, let's move on to the Phillies, Matt. I mean, you and I haven't talked in a couple weeks, and really nothing has really been going on, but give me your take. What's uh, what's Matt and e thinking about the Phillies? Well, I mean, obviously, we just went ahead and demoted um, another closer, so still no finality in the back end, which stinks. Um, Jolie Rodriguez is who that is. We can go up to the number one pick if we want now. For next year, that is. That's uh, very true. Right, I mean, no, no, Cesar Hernandez, which has been really tough for us. Um, I was gonna say though, I, I do like Aaron Aaron Nola having a couple of good starts. That's really important for us. And it looks like if um, if, Nish, if if Nishek continues, we could get a really nice uh, piece. Maybe trading him away if he becomes strong and possibly a closer type. Um, we did go ahead and draft an outfielder today. It was our first overall pick today? Not first, our first pick today. Excuse me. Um, so that was pretty cool. A guy by the name of Adam uh, Hayes, Hazely, 
and he's uh, he was at, played at Virginia, so it looks like he's probably a little closer than some of the guys you know we've drafted recently. Yeah, they were talking about that on the broadcast of that he's a little more major league ready. And we, um, I did want to talk about the MLB draft, but I figured we save that towards uh towards the end because it's it's inter- the MLB draft is interesting that it's not the most not nearly to the other three drafts the NHL included of uh, as uh, paid attention to because it's such a crapshoot. But yeah, I mean he he looks the most major league ready UVA product. It's uh, I I've always been just kind of on that that thought of. I'd rather draft a college player than a high school player because I just think you're getting more experience, more age under your belt. I mean, you can say what you want on whether or not he's an absolute stud, in, in which case you might want to grab him, like Bryce Harper. But if it's not a Bryce Harper guy that's getting ESPN segments on it about hitting over, hitting his hitting balls over the highway across the street from the baseball field, you don't really, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's worth taking a high school player. Right, right, yeah, and I'm with you there. I mean, wait, I'm, I'm with you. If you got a superstar, you know, you got to grab, you got to grab them. But um, yeah, I mean, that, they're they're just trying to think of positives basically for the Phillies right now. I mean, we've seen um, Odubel Herrera kind of come around a little bit, which is always good. Yeah, he was the uh, the hometown guy I was referring to. Odubel Herrera is uh, the the cool name that's being thrown around for him. <laughs> he uh, in the last seven days he has been doing pretty well. Uh, as I said, I almost picked him for my MVP of the week. 12 hits and 29 at-bats. That's a 414 batting average. He's got a homer, 5 RBI. He's uh, walked once, scored 7 runs, which for the Phillies is pretty impressive. I mean, it's nice to see him start coming together, especially in wake of the whole Mike Schmidt thing and saying that he couldn't lead the team. Um, and it, it's just nice. I mean... Hopefully Franco can get his button gear as well. Uh, as you mentioned, Hernandez has been out, which certainly hurts the team. He's on the DL at the moment. Freddie, I think, looked at least okay tonight. Um, I mean, you, you'd hope he can probably step up. Howie Kendrick, though, has returned from the DL and been pretty great for the Phillies, which I'm happy about. No, right. Yeah, I mean, it's been a good little, good little breath of fresh air. Yeah, but... One thing I did want to ask you, because they've been starting to flirt with sending players up and down from AAA, do you think they're getting closer to bringing up any of the big-name prospects? You know, I think the answer is, and it's, well, I shouldn't say the answer. I mean, eventually you hope this season they will. I just think it's time for any of these prospects, my, my big one being J.P. Crawford, is there's no reason to wait now because you're not getting enough production at everybody else. So bring up a young guy like a Crawford, throw him out there and say, get to work and show us if you can do that. Yeah. It's not a bad call. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, so the Phils have their home and home series against the Red Sox this week. Currently, uh, they're tied in the ninth inning. Uh, actually it's going to the 10th, uh, Craig Kimbrell is on the mound for the Red Sox, so, you know, that's uh, always a little tough. But uh, we're getting a little little scouting report, or we will, at another point. Greg is there. He's going to report back some stadium snacks for us. But the Phils then are at home this weekend with the Cardinals coming to town, which it's going to be a little tough. Uh, You know, last week didn't go very well, and this week could not go well. They're at home, though. I mean... They played pretty well at Citizens Bank Park. I'm going Wednesday against the Red Sox. That should be fun. But hopefully you see a little bit more oomph out of the team. It was a little bit of a bummer last week. They split that with Atlanta. It seemed like they really still had their number. Uh, But, I mean, something's got to give. They're not this bad. No, I don't don't think they're this bad. But I I also don't think they are as good as people thinking that we can maybe battle for a – that they could that they would be able to battle for a like a like a what's it called a um oh god wow what wild card there? spot wild card spot I'm sorry I had a big brain fart there no you're good so, yeah I didn't I didn't think they uh, would be able to battle for a wild card spot I just also think it shows you how weak they are pitching wise yeah and how, how much work they really have to do in that department um, both yeah. getting players and also developing what they've got they just need a new pitching coach I mean. 
the fact that Ikoff and Helixson both are supposed to be your number one and two punches. Ikoff's 0-7 coming in tonight, and he's going to remain that way because he's going to get the no decision. And I don't, I don't have Helixson's record on hand, but neither of them have been stellar. Velasquez is hurt. Nola's starting to look well, but he was hurt for a bit. Clay Buckholtz wasn't the guy that you wanted him to be, and he gets hurt pretty much for the season. Yeah, I mean, the pitching hasn't been there, and hopefully we can get a new guy in there at pitching coach and, and get it going. All right, I agree. That's the hard part. But, Matt, let's move on to the fan favorite segment, the Stadium Snacks. I'm gonna. I know I have one, and we're gonna talk about the return of the beer corner. Hopefully, we can get a scouting report from Greg on this. I know he's very he's uh very regimented on his ways, but I came across this the surf and turf kebab at Fenway oh. Park. What this is is a skewered shrimp that's lightly marinated, along with lightly marinated steak tips as well as fresh green and red peppers served on a long roll. Looks like it's an Amoroso bowl, cause it, or roll, because it comes from Aramark, who uh, is based here in Philadelphia and uh, is also the caterer for the Phillies. I'm not caterer, but the food service provider. It looks pretty great, man. I mean, I, for one, like seafood. I like my steak. Uh, and it's, it's an intriguing sandwich. Oh, that, that is something I could certainly get behind. Yeah, especially oh, New England God. shrimp. I mean, I'm still longing for the uh, the wedding the wedding the wedding cocktail hour food, which was uh, oh, incredible a couple so weeks cool. ago. That wedding was just spectacular. Uh, yes. But Matt, as is tradition, when you return, so does the beer corner. What do you got for us this week, my my oh, man? So I got a really nice, really nice beer coming to you from Bell's Brewery. Michigan. Uh, we're going to go with a little two-hearted ale. Oh, great choice. I love that yeah. beer. It's a little IPA. I had some this weekend at a grab party I was at. Um, a lot of hops going on there. Very crisp, crisp finish. ABV is about 7%, so you're not going to get... It's hefty, but you're not going to get smoked, you know? Hefty, hefty, hefty. Um, yeah, I'm a big, big fan. Um, it's, it's one of our good friends, Evan Amat's top choices. So, um, just a really good overall beer, start to finish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All the Bell's beers are pretty great. They have a good brown ale. Uh, we've talked about Oberon. We, we went pretty nuts about Oberon Day. Uh, Comstock, which is where Bell's Brewery is based, isn't too far from both Grand Rapids and uh, White Lake, which is where my mom's side of the family has their summer home. Uh, or a summer cottage, I should say. It's it's not very large, nor is it winterized. Uh, nonetheless, we've done Thanksgiving there before, in the middle of a snowstorm. Good times, but very cold. Uh, but it's definitely uh, on my one of my lists to go up there, uh, and it would be it'd be a ton of fun to to check that out, get to try those beers a little a little firsthand. And I will say the uh, the Oberon certainly tastes fresher in Michigan because you know probably a little more locally sourced. And yep. the Bells is is pretty great. I've heard they'd add more hops to it. They have. They have. It also has a really nice little, it's almost like a little grapefruity flavor, but not in a bad way. Sometimes it's bad, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it considered a double IPA? I don't think so. No, I believe it's just a single IPA. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure exactly, but I think it's just a single IPA. Okay. All right. Well, Matt, now we move on to the Bleacher Creatures. And my bleacher creature is going to be for the sport we're going to talk to next. Some little hockey as we uh, we'll oh. talk about the Penguins. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. Congratulations to Pittsburgh, but they won the Stanley Cup last night. And in the the post game press, the uh, unfortunate face of studio analysis, the one Mike Milbury was uh, talking to the rest of that crew who you and I both have a uh, special place in our heart for Keith Jones. I really like Ian McHugh. I've, uh, he's grown on me, and he's certainly certainly great at what he does. But Milbury, man, he can uh, get on you at times. And Nashville fan decided to stick around after the Cup and uh, really gave it to him. 
told him to get the fuck out of Nashville. And you can clearly hear it on the broadcast, which go NBC director and producer who didn't mute that or cut it. Great job there. I was pretty happy about that. I didn't see the postgame press live. I, I caught it this morning as I was uh, just kind of perusing through the Internet as I was getting ready to start my day. But I was pretty, pretty happy about that. Right, right, savage. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's. I mean, we can we can get into our discussion about the uh, the series if you want. Now, I thought um, thought the layoff for Nashville hurt them. Yeah, they, they came out with the same fire in the first two games. I, I do got to say I, I don't like them, but um, you know Pittsburgh is just good. All they spent all year battling injuries, more injuries in this finals, and and they they just. They're a good team. They've got good stars, but more importantly, they've got great depth. Yeah, I agree. They have great depth, and and part of me wonders, and it, it might just be that I really don't like the Penguins, but how much do you think the inconsistent refing, but in not just this series, but overall in the over the course of the year, I mean, how much do you think that really affected the season? Do you think the Penguins won despite that? I'm not saying they won because of it, but do you think they won despite that or that it, it kind of prevented the best possible matchup from happening? Right. I mean, I do – it's kind of tough to say because I, I do think that obviously Game 6 was heavily affected by the refereeing, but I, I, I still think that – and I wanted Nashville, don't get me wrong, but I think that the Penguins were the better team at the end of the day. and they Certainly. Won the title. Um. But I, I think it's inconsistent, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah. Although, I, I don't – I mean, I was watching enough, I mean, especially Game 6, but they also missed some calls um, that should have gone the Penguins' way. You know, they had the one big miss, but the, then I, I don't think the Penguins had a single power play all game. No, they um, didn't, and I think they let more plays go. Uh, we had our, our good friend Jared over last night to watch the game, and we got into an interesting discussion about whether or not, as me as a Flyers fan – is it okay to cheer against a team that you hate? He he makes the claim he would never root for the Flyers. I was just indifferent but last night. I, of course, had picked the, the Predators to win in six, as l- listeners will know. But we, we were talking about a lot of the calls, and I'm pretty good at, at staying pretty objective when it comes to calls, especially even with the Flyers playing. And I, I try to even do that when I'm at a game, just to try to keep myself in check. But right. it was, I mean, some of them where Rene comes out a little bit and bumps. I forget who it was. I think it might have been Gensel. Um, they, I mean, that you're not really going to get that call if you're the Penguins, but it it's borderline interference. I think if he falls, you do get it because then it could be roughing. It could be anything really there. But and there were a lot of calls. You and I watched game two together that really they, they didn't make, and they were just letting it go, and it was getting more and more chippy than it needed to be. And right. I just think, I think throughout the season you saw a lot of that. You saw it early on in the playoffs. You saw it during the regular season, which is normal for the regular season, but in the playoffs, not that the playoffs weren't great. They certainly were. We got more Game 7s than you might have expected after the first round. Uh, but it's it, it certainly, looking back on it, kind of it doesn't taint it but it gives it a, a weird afterglow if you will no, i agree but i will say this we can kind of transition to this discussion it's going on right now i do think though that we've seen that the how bad over officiating can be such as the such as game four of the nba finals yeah that's um, true which was just what in the world is going on half the time in that game yeah i mean the the nba finals have been a little weird, just going how back, not even back and forth, I would even say. It's more of the yeah. fact that that the Cavs and the Warriors, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a weird point because we've had so many good final series in the last, let's call it, 14 months. Whether it starts with Cleveland, you have those great, B, uh, not BCS, college football uh, playoff championship games, both last year and this past year, the Cubs, yet the NCAA tournament with Nova. Uh, I mean, you might, it's, 
it's unfortunate, but you, it was hard to think that this would have lived up to the hype. Right. Although, I mean, I've got to say, the uh, the uh, Cleveland's keeping it close in Game 5 here. They're like midway through the third, and it's only, uh, it's only a seven-point game. But um, I just thought the over-officiating of that game kind of took you to a different spot that you were looking at. And I, I, uh, I mean, I, I, said, I think Golden State's going to win tonight and take over the series. And take the series. But, yeah, take uh, over, they have it over. Yeah, no, they just, they just play a beautiful form of basketball that I love to watch. Yeah, they certainly do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I was talking to somebody about it today, and it's, it's basically at the point where you just got to you know, let rip the bandaid off. Let this, it's kind of boring to be frank playoffs kind of play to its end the super team win its title and, and kind of theorize what the future of the NBA is going to be in terms of super teams. Do our players just going to start teaming up and it's, you know, four teams that are really have a good shot. And then everyone else needs to resort to tanking or, something to, to try to get themselves into that position. I mean, who knows? They changed the CBA a little bit to try to prevent that. It'll be interesting to see how it goes forward. Oh, I agree. I mean, I um, like part of me loves watching uh, the Golden State team because they just play such a beautiful style of basketball. Yeah. A lot of free flowing, a lot of passing. And, and so it's like, yeah, they're, they are super talented, but they're just also super um, – fascinating to watch. I think other teams need to take note of what happens when you pass the basketball and find open shots. Um, but yeah, they're also unique because they just rely so heavily on the three-point shot, and it's just a great equalizer if you're having problems elsewhere. But I, I, I think other teams will rise, whether it's the Cavs or... I mean, I, I think people need to remember that the uh, the Spurs were up big in Game 1 at, at Golden State until Kawhi Leonard got hurt. So there's another team that could potentially uh, challenge them. So I think there's some teams on the rise. Uh, but I do think the next two to three years are definitely going to be all Warriors all the time. Yeah. 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 I mean, who would you think? I mean, the draft's coming up. We can give a quick preview on that. Of course, really dive deep into it as we get closer. But I mean, who do you think would be even close to, to trying to rise out of it? We have... The Celtics that are right there, they have the number one pick. I mean, is there anybody else close? I mean, I think the Wizards, as they get more mature, whether they keep Otto Porter or, or not this year, are a team that, with that dynamic backcourt, could make you know kind of a big uh, a big step forward. I think the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh. Um, they still need maybe a year or two of seasoning, but with the Greek Freak and with um, a healthy Jabari Parker and some other really great pieces they have out there, that's a team that could um, be reckoned with in a few years. So there's another, there's another team I think to watch. I think in the West, I think obviously the Spurs are still going to be at the top of the list. They're going to make some moves. They could go ahead and go after like a Chris Paul, who would be a great addition to that squad if they could fit him in, you know, salary-wise. Um, other teams out West, try to think of other teams that just, to me, would be real dangerous if they get some stuff together. You know, everyone wants to say the, the, the Pelicans, but I just think there's problems there with, with Davis and Cousins if they can't figure it out. And uh, they could use a really good distributing point guard. I like Drew Holiday, but I, I, I don't think he's the right fit there. Um, like a team to watch, though, to me, is like, the, like, like take the Trailblazers. If they can make a move and kind of reshape the roster, that could be a heck of a heck of a team with that dynamic backcourt back there. Yeah, I mean, CJ's doing pretty well. I'm surprised you haven't taken the, bet, the bait yet, Matt. I'm playing it. I'm playing it. Oh, I was playing the Sixers theme song. Hopefully, it picks up on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I look, my long-term outlook with the Sixers is still fantastic, but I mean, I just recently made a bet, fifty bucks, they wouldn't make the playoffs this coming year. Do you know that they're one to one hundred or one hundred to one to win next year? You should put money down on it. Yeah, yeah, just throw it down. I would I'm, absolutely like. I'd throw down twenty bucks when two thousand on the. Slight, slight chance it happens. And I say slight, really, really generously. Oh, man. Like, they're also, just to throw it out there, they're like the eighth longest, which is tied with the Blazers. It's tied with the Wizards, I believe. Uh, they're tied with like 10 teams. 
which is nice to see. I mean, they don't really have a great shot at it, but it's nice to see that they're uh, starting to get a little recognition. Wow, look at that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, uh, we'll see with this is. I don't want to dive too deep into it. We are at the end here. We are what indeed. What I would like to know is with the finals, NBA finals wrapping up and the NHL finals over, we can watch a little baseball this weekend. Who are you looking at there? Yeah, so it's, it's a great question. With uh, We'll start with the week, the week ahead, before we get into Father's Day weekend. And, of course, we have the U.S. Open as well, which I'll have a post coming out tomorrow, so keep, or actually today because we're dropping this Tuesday. So everybody keep an eye out for that. But uh, for baseball this week, I think what you guys got to look out during the week is the Cubs and the Mets, I think, is an interesting series. Uh, Mets won tonight. Neither team is really there in terms of uh, where they wanted to be. The Mets, of course, have, have found a lot of injuries, but tomorrow night's a great matchup. It's John Lester versus Zach Wheeler, and I, I, I think that's a lot of fun. You got a couple other ones out there, uh, but nothing really too intriguing. You got the Royals and the, the Giants, which is kind of these two teams that have really fallen off, uh, but... I mean, that, that, those are ones that I'd say to look out for during the week. Matt, what about you? I'd say the one series I like this week is kind of a series that I think is um, kind of a bar-setting series for the division. That's Milwaukee at St. Louis. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I do like but, that. Yeah, I mean, just because both – I mean, I, we've talked a little bit about both teams. Um, but Milwaukee is surprisingly at the top, and St. Louis is surprisingly – Middle of the road, although certainly not out of it. It's definitely a series, though, where if the Brewers lose the division lead, will they will they ever get it back kind of thing? And, yeah. and St. Louis, so that, I really like that series during the week. Um, the series I'm looking forward to on the weekend, though, has to be another surprise division leader. It's Cleveland visiting Minnesota. That's a good one. I was thinking yeah. about that, yeah. Very excited on that one. That should be a, a fun series to, uh, to watch. Another series which could decide. Kind of Minnesota's fate. They can't get swept and expect to, to hold hold serve against a very good Cleveland team. No, certainly. And I, I'm glad we wrapped another tennis reference in as we uh, are <laughs> celebrating Rafael Nadal's 10th French Open title. That's more talking tennis for you. Double dosage. Big work there by, by Rafa. But my uh, weekend series, and I apologize for those fact-checking me, the Phillies host Arizona this weekend, uh, not St. Louis. The red threw me off, man. So... The whole it thing. Happens. It happens from time to time. No too, worries. Too much red. Only the Phillies and the Red Sox should be red. But I digress. <laughs> uh, but the Red Sox are a part of my weekend series. They travel to Houston, which I think – I mean, the Red Sox are in second right now. They um, they really have a good shot still at making the playoffs. Um, and Houston, as we talked about, is playing incredibly well. You got Drew Pomerantz versus Mike Fires on Friday, both of whom Pomerantz has had some signs of uh, of greatness, but has turned sort of uh, regressed a little bit in the last couple starts. Fires has been great. Saturday you got Porcello, who looked pretty good against the Phillies despite the four spot he put up. Uh, Greg's defense was he's just a slow thrower, so you could maybe see Houston go off. Uh, and then Sunday you got a nice little matchup on ESPN where David David Price is facing Joe Musgrove. And I think that's going to be a really good game and fun to watch. Uh, but that, that's a that's a great series. Yeah, absolutely. That, that'll be a great weekend series. I'm excited to have a little baseball in the forefront, finally. Yeah. I mean, it'll be cool. It's nice to have baseball by itself. Quickly coming up on the announcement of, of all-star teams and, and voting wrapping itself up. Um, I don't have exact dates, but All-Star Game certainly is the best one of the four major sports. Uh, the NHL has started to, to get up into second place. Um, it's really taken a rise over the NBA. Both games, along with the Pro Bowl, had been no defense specials and had been kind of boring. And the NHL's done a good job innovating, but Major League Baseball is far and away above it. And, I mean... June is a fun time in baseball because you start theorizing these trade deadline rumors and all that, and you hit the halfway mark and figure out that only eight of those 12 teams will still remain at the end of it all. Right. Or eight of the 10, I guess. 
Yeah, no, yeah. of course, of course. I mean, it's gonna get it's gonna get much tighter soon, and it's kind of gonna go from there. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be fun, but absolutely. But that'll do it for us this week. We uh, we will be back. As I said, look out for my U.S. Open post for those that are big golf fans. Uh, look out for other content on the, the blog itself, thunderblogsports.com. Go like us on Facebook and Instagram. Thunderblog Sports is the uh, username for both. ThunderBLG is our Twitter handle. Give us a uh, follow there and uh, send us any ideas that you have for Bleacher Creatures, Stadium Snacks, beer that you want us to talk about. And uh, if you want us to, to uh, send us a free sample, we'd be more than happy to t- taste it. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> As I know Matt will. But that'll do it. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. For Matt DiStefano, good night. Talk to you later.